entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Let me lead this hour with some good news. The Supreme Court has just released one of its major rulings. This one was all about uh, public schools versus religious schools. Can parents send their kids to religious schools uh, and uh, still get the benefits from the state? The answer from the court is uh, yes. That's a really big thing for private schools and religious schools. We'll give you all the details coming up. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, your economy. First, I want to I want to ask the question that I think many people might be asking. What the heck is happening to Bitcoin? Uh, We'll talk about Bitcoin and its future. Does it have one? Also, something else that has really been bothering me as I started to do some research on the Great Depression uh, and hearing some of the rumblings coming from uh, some of the leadership, if you will, uh, on Wall Street on what they think is coming. Carol Roth is joining us, a recovering investment banker that cares more about Main Street than Wall Street. She's joining us in 60 seconds. First, our sponsor this half hour is Goldline. Um, you know, I played the clip of Janet Yellen walking back her initial, you know, uh, proclamation that no, 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 it is if inflation. No. How bad do you think the reports coming across her desk have to be before she's willing to say, oh, you know what? Yeah, uh, all hands on deck. Enough of all this other crap. Uh, inflation. I don't think she'll ever say that, no matter how bad it is. But I mean, how bad does it have to get before the White House even recognizes inflation? I wish I was uh, talking about things that would just require you, maybe, and me to tighten our belt a little bit, you know, and uh, and it would be no big deal and it would pass. But I don't think that is happening. The chips are down, and your family needs to be prepared. We're going to talk about Bitcoin here. I have said for a long time. I would have a little bit of everything if you can and not a lot of anything because I don't know what's going to stand or what's not. So spread that risk around. But the only thing that so far I haven't lost on uh, is land, and that's getting dicey, uh, and gold. Gold is the only thing that is really remaining stable right now. It should be shooting up, but it's not for unknown reasons. I don't know. Uh, But right now, Goldline can really protect your money better than any other place, I think. They have the very hard-to-find one-tenth ounce gold American eagles available right now, and you'll receive five of the Mind Your Business silver bars at no cost with every gold ounce silver, I mean, sorry, every American eagle that is one-tenth of an ounce gold. So call them now, right now, 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. Carol, welcome to the program. Nice to Can be you back with tell you. Tell me what is happening with Bitcoin? Is is the cryptocurrency thing over or or what? What's happening? Well, as I always like to say, you know, if I had the perfect crystal ball, I would be on my yacht know. in the Mediterranean. So so right. I, I think that the answer is 
there is a an interesting bull case and an interesting bear case, and, and we have to, to kind of leave it up to the people to decide. What's happening with the price now is really, um, you know, the contagion of, you know, what goes on when there is fear in the markets. And Bitcoin, for all the times that people said it was a hedge, it's never been a hedge. This has been a speculative asset that's trying to find its footing and maybe become a hedge in the future. But it has been a speculative asset. And as we've had all of this money uh, pumped into the markets via the Fed, via the stimulus, everything has gone up and Bitcoin has been a beneficiary. So now that the Fed is reversing course, we don't have stimulus. We're getting tightening monetary policy. Um, everything is going down and Bitcoin is going down with it. Plus, there is this sort of spiral effect. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, Glenn, but people are greedy and they can't just be happy with <laughs> the prices of things going up. So when they see stuff going up, they often want to double down. And so they'll take on loans or they'll pledge some of their assets as collateral mm. to get loans in order to buy more Bitcoin, which is great when it's going up. But when it starts to come down, then you get the margin call from your financial institutions that you don't have enough collateral to back this. Um, you know, what are you going to do? And so that creates a lot of downward selling pressure. So I think there's a lot of flushing out of the leverage. Um, there is, you know, kind of that contagion effect between the markets. And, you know, the, I think that for a lot of the novices who have been lured in, in some cases by bad actors, because there, there are some very smart people who are in Bitcoin and there are some really questionable actors who are in Bitcoin. Um, for those who have kind of had this marketing machine and lured in the novices that, you know, can explain to you what a gold chain is, but they can't explain what a blockchain is, but they're still doubled down in Bitcoin. I think a lot of those people, you know, tend to be the first ones to go out because they don't have an un underlying conviction and underlying investment thesis. They're sure. just trying to, they're, they're the FOMO people, the fear of missing out. So I have, um, you know, I bought Bitcoin, unfortunately, not when Mark Andreessen sitting in his office told me <laughs> to buy it, which was, pen I mean, tenths of pennies. Um, I bought it later. And uh, my wife has said to me, this is long term. We're not pulling it out. We're not pulling it out. We're not pulling it out. And so we haven't pulled it out. Uh, and it's a little freaky, but I wouldn't pull it out because I do believe that something like Bitcoin is going to be the future. My only fear is what the government can do to it. That's the only thing that is a doubt in my mind. Otherwise, I'd be buying more Bitcoin today, you know, Yeah, I mean, uh, because I believe I believe in it except for the government. Yeah, and that's a huge exception because governments around the world um, retain power by having control over the money supply. And they're actually trying to use the interest in Bitcoin to uh, kind of trick people into supporting the central banks creating their own digital currency, which is not crypto. It's not decentralized. They own it, but it's digital. And a lot of people don't really sort of appreciate the nuance there. So mm -hmm. I think that is a huge risk. Um, there, there's no way sovereign nations want decentralized finance to become a thing. Sure. Uh, so they're going to do everything they can to fight it. We've already seen 
you know, potential proposals and potential legislation. So I think that makes it, you know, a very, very serious risk. And, you know, there's a, a topic I think that's related to this that people need to understand. And it's the concept of total returns versus risk adjusted returns. You know, you can go out and spend a dollar on a lottery ticket and you could win the Powerball. You could win it, $100 million. Your return mm -hmm. is phenomenal. But on a risk-adjusted right. basis, for every person who does that, most people are going to lose the dollar. And so when you're looking at these speculative assets, a lot of times people are looking at total returns. Oh, look at how much it's returned. But you're taking on a lot of risk to do it. So it really needs to be treated in that asset class, that speculative asset class. And like you said, you know, maybe it's a small amount of your portfolio, but you have to look at risk adjusted returns, not total returns. Um, Carol, I want to talk to you about uh, something that I've been reading a lot about from from people like you and economists, etc. And some are saying and some are denying that mm -hmm. deflation is coming. And as I was reading, I've been studying up on the Great Depression recently. Um, and uh, as I was reading what what happened there, the the stock market crashed and everybody freaked out and they ran to the banks. We saw it's a wonderful life. They ran to the banks. They got right. their money out. Uh, the banks closed. They had to reset everything. But people were so fearful that they held on to their dollars and they weren't spending those dollars. And so as I'm, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, this seems like a no brainer to think this is coming. And I'd like you to talk me down from this tree. Um, I, I could very easily see a situation where our food and our fuel is so expensive. It breaks the back of most consumers. They just are. They're just living for food and fuel and heat and, you know, they're living at the bare necessity, which means they don't have any money to go out and buy new clothes. They don't have anything to buy non-essentials. Would it not be, is it not possible to have super high inflation on some products and super uh, low deflation prices that are are crazy because they can Nobody's buying them in, in yeah, other I mean, categories. Is that possible to have both of those? Yeah, I think that the the best analogy for that was would be, you know, kind of the 70s and you know, something that looks like stagflation where the economy stagnates and it's stagnating, like you said, because all of the money is being sucked up in a couple of categories and there really isn't a lot um, to go around in other places. There's not a lot of investments being made and whatnot, but we still end up having high inflation. And we are certainly a lot of people feel like we are in that sort of stagflation um, you know, arena right now now, you know, and it can continue on the trajectory. But you have to remember in terms of deflation, I mean, that's what the Federal Reserve is trying to do. They are actively trying to deflate, you know, not just the bubbles and assets, but they're trying to deflate spending to cool off the economy. That's why they're shedding their balance sheet. That is why they are raising their interest rates. It is meant to cool off demand. And that's the math problem that I keep talking about. You know, they keep saying, oh, the 
consumer and, and businesses are going to save us from a recession. But at the same time, the policy is meant to do the exact opposite. The, the policy is meant to, to make it so that people aren't able to spend in the same way. So th those two objectives are at odds with each other. And so I do think that we could end up in this prolonged period, like you said, where the inflation hasn't quite got under control, especially because we have so many supply de in demand imbalances in our economy. You know, we have a, a labor imbalance, we have a, a food imbalance, we have a housing imbalance, we have an energy imbalance, and we have a commodity imbalance. And that is not going to be, you know, uh, solved by any monetary policy that requires real action. And we don't have leadership that's willing to to lead or frankly, do anything. So so we have, uh, uh, as I see it, we're looking at a situation. Again, I'm going back, and, and, and please correct me where my thinking is off. But I'm going back to the Great Depression. So people were afraid. They held on to their money. Um, they spent what they had to and what they could afford, uh, but nothing else. That caused the labor market to shoot out of control to, un to about 25% unemployment. Um, and because the factories were closing down because no one was buying anything from the factories, which then in turn made FDR say, we're going to build the Hoover Dam to give people jobs. But it was all the government money, which would have just caused more inflation, if I'm not mistaken, uh, had it not been for the, and I hate to say it this way, but the saving grace of the Second World War. Right. We were were we in a death spiral? I, I mean, the, the war was definitely a, a different kind of reset. And I think that, you know, a lot of the logic that you're talking about makes sense. Your consumer sentiment is really important and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. If people don't feel confident, they don't go out and spend if they're worried about their inflation and, and being able to feed their family and, and get to work, they aren't going to spend. I think there are a couple of things that we have that are different and it's not necessarily better for the average American. So I just want to be clear that I, I'm on your side and I'm not saying that it's better. Um, but because of this huge supply de demand imbalance in the labor market, you know, we have two jobs available for every person looking. The likelihood is that that probably contracts to be, you know, a, a better match than having massive unemployment just because, of, you know, that that um, scenario is going on. And we also have a whole slew of Americans who are doing, you know, have done very well. You know, they've been the beneficiaries of this giant wealth transfer from Main Street to Wall Street. So I think we're going to have, uh, you know, a, a lot of, um, you know, different outcomes, you know, that inequality that's been driven by government policy. And that's never a good thing because of, you know, the, the social unrest that comes with it. And rightfully so, um, because, you know, these policies Policies have really put the middle class, the working class, um, and in some cases, the lower class at risk to the benefit of the people on the inside. And so the numbers on average may not show how dire the situation is. And so they're going to be able to spin and say, oh, everything's great. And the consumer's doing well when people are really struggling. And, you know, that's where we're going to continue to just be furious and you know, demand something be done about that. Uh, Carol, thank you so much for everything that you do. She's just um, issued a new paper, a new uh, piece for the blaze. What the heck is going on with Bitcoin? 
and you can find that at uh, theblaze.com. Theblaze.com. What is going on with Bitcoin by Carol Roth. Thanks, Carol. God bless. Thank you. Let me tell you about the Tuttle Twins. Um, all these things that we are trying to preserve, we know why we're pr- trying to preserve them, because we know they work. But our children don't know that. Our children grew up in a different time. Our children aren't being taught that. They're not seeing it. They're seeing government uh, having to come in and rescue things and people. May I suggest that you get for your children or your grandchildren, your neighbor's kids, whomever, please look at the Tuttle Twins collection. The Tuttle Twins books, they teach freedom and the history, the true history of America. But they do more than that. They reach in and grab your kids' imaginations through stories that are based on classic and important American books. The Tuttle Twins books, they tell the stories that will stick with them forever. Tuttle Twins, 35% discount off their books right now. They're giving away activity workbooks at no additional cost. It's a huge discount. Every household should have the whole set, quite honestly. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Go to the TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Keep your kids sane in this crazy socialist world and show them a way out. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. You can play it at the uh, 35. You know, uh, as she was talking about how there's going to be redistribution of wealth, it's already happening. Um, it, it reminded me of when I was at Jay Leno's garage, and um, uh, Jay invited me out for my birthday. And I went out with my family, and... Um, my son probably was six or seven, maybe. And I remember being in the uh, in the Bugatti section of his garage. And there was this old 1929 Bugatti. And his son, uh, my son, just started running towards it. Dad, look at this car. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Everything is in slow motion. Stop, don't touch the car. And he's running with jam all over his hands. And Leno says to me, let it go, let it go. Rafe, go on, hop inside. And I'm like, Jay, really, seriously, I think I don't know if he's got jam all over him someplace. And um, he said, no, that's what these cars are for. And he was really cool about it. And um, we started talking about the car. And he said, that's a 1929 Bugatti. And he said, I bought it. And when I bought it, it was a truck. And I said, I didn't know Bugatti made trucks. And he said, they didn't. He said, that was purchased in 1929 in New York City by a guy, I can't remember his name. And uh, he said, he couldn't drive it. He got it right after the crash. And he said, every time he drove it, people would throw rocks or eggs at him. And so he could never take it out of the garage. And eventually he sold it and some farmer, it ended up with some farmer who, uh, you know, just took a blowtorch and cut it all in pieces and put the back half as a truck. And he used it as a farm to market truck, this Bugatti. And I'm wondering at what point do we, because I think the disparity between rich and poor 
is greater now. I mean, it, it was not greater between people like, you know, the average person and, and Rockefeller. But there are more people now that have money. It's not just a handful of people. It's a lot of people that have money um, who I think a lot of people, and, and in some cases, rightfully so, those people have been living off of the bones of of others. And it's been this giant wealth transfer that I think a lot of people, especially in Washington, they knew what they were doing. They knew this. And they did it anyway because it enriched them or got them reelected or whatever. I, I uh, In 1929, when we were much better people, I think, than we are now. How long is it going to take us to get to that point where it really is eat the rich? And by the way, I'm very fatty. I know you might think that I'm marbleized, but I'm not. I'm very, I'm just fatty. I'm not good to eat. Uh, so, hey, look over there, squirrel. Anyway, uh, nine. Uh, uh, the uh, program continues in just a moment. We're going to go back to the Supreme Court. Uh, and what the Supreme Court decided today. Next. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So we're all in a position right now where we need to save our money. We need to save our money. You need to get ahead before it's too late. So have you considered a cash-out refi of your mortgage yet? Because if you haven't, you might want to call American Financing today and get that free mortgage review I've been telling you about. There's no upfront costs or obligations in order to move forward. Talk to them many, many times. I've heard from a number of people who have used them. Many of my friends and the people that I work with uh, also have used them, and it's always five-star reviews. They have um, their consultants, their mortgage-back uh, consultants, uh, are salary based so they're not after a commission there's no pressure on them they want to do the right thing you could save up to a thousand dollars and you could skip a couple of months of your home loan you can pay off your credit cards please consider this before home prices really start to sink it's american financing at 800-906-2440 800-906-2440 americanfinancing.net and blazetv.com slash glenn the promo code being glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription to blaze tv This is a schoolhouse, a lot like the schoolhouse that my grandparents would have gone to. They passed tests that most adults couldn't pass today in the eighth grade. And then the Department of Education and the teachers unions took over. Perhaps it is time to abolish the Department of Education because just like this old building, our school system is a wreck. Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, only on the Blaze TV. I went into uh, that schoolhouse that we just uh, just showed. If you're watching Blaze TV in that commercial, um, it is it's amazing. The old chalkboards are still there, and it there is not a house for miles around. This is the school. This I think this is the only school that any 
you know, grandparent could have gone to that actually could say, I walked five miles to school both ways uphill because both ways, strangely, is uphill at this uh, school. Um, it's just a it's an amazing piece of history. Anyway, tomorrow we are going to expose the uh, of our schools and what's going on and what to do about it tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern only on Blaze TV. I've got a couple of things. You know, I uh, there's there's not a lot of times that I think to myself, wow, Kamala Harris is good. Um, but I think she may be the best at this. Now, here she is. Talking about Katanji Brown Jackson, uh, our new Supreme Court justice, uh, here she is praising her. Listen to this. What did you think when you watched that hearing? I will tell you, Joy. Yes. I experienced great joy when I watched this brilliant, phenomenal. Mm black woman jurist be so smart and just cut through the political mm. gamesmanship that they were Amen. attempting to oh. incite and she just was composed and as far as I'm concerned was taking a whole lot of people to school wow wow now, I said at the beginning, she's the best at this. She's the best at being the worst communicator ever in the history of politics. She treats everyone like they're two years old. And if, and I can guarantee you, what were you, what were you thinking when you watched that? I don't know. Did I watch that? Um, you know, um, I'm thinking, thinking joy. Uh, that's her name. <gasps> I was feeling joy, joy. I have nothing else. I mean, that she is horrible, 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 horrible. horrible. Uh, she really is. She never seems to be prepared for anything. I mean, I, you go around life at times. You're prepared for things. Things fall into your lap and you just know them. Someone asks you a question about something you're familiar with. It seems to never occur with her. She, there's never a moment no. where someone asks her something that she knows about. No, she doesn't. I don't even know if you could ask her about her and she would know. Who are you really? You know, Joy, I, I, I like you, I'm Joy. What are you, what are you talking about? This woman is an imbecile, an absolute imbecile. Um, but we could replace her with AI soon. Uh, and tell me that AI could not write and sound and look like her all the she might be ai i don't know if you don't believe me i want to show you how far the voice um uh reproduction now is remember we used to play this and the voice never really sounded like the voice this is ai writing after consuming a bunch of jerry seinfeld shows this is ai writing and delivering a monologue as jerry seinfeld listen to this why does it seem like every time you're watching TV, there's a commercial for a new brand of cat food, and it's always some kind of crazy new flavor, like tuna and salmon surprise, or chicken and liver delight. I don't need a new flavor of cat food every other week. Just tell me what was so bad about the old ones. They were great. 
And why are they always trying to trick us with these new flavors? They'll be like, we know you like tuna, so we put some tuna in this can, but we also put some other stuff in there too. I don't want to have to guess what's in my cat food. I just want it to be tuna. That's it. Just tuna. No surprises. And don't even get me started on those specialty cat foods. I saw one the other day that was for indoor cats. What the heck is that about? Are there different foods for different kinds of cats now? So I don't know about you, but I'm not going to start feeding my cat different foods, depending on where exactly he is located. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. <laughs> Actually good. Is that amazing? That is, there's no humans involved in that. That is all AI. That is the AI doing the voice, the routine, and writing it. That's, That's like, remarkable. Legitimately incredible and actually kind of funny. Like, it was actually, you know, like, a, there, it wasn't. Yeah. The, only problem, mm. the only problem was it lacked in some of his delivery. He st mm -hmm. still doesn't have the human delivery mm -hmm. that I think Jerry Seinfeld would have put in. But Jerry Seinfeld could have done that routine and it would have been funny yeah it wasn't that far off i mean you're right there were points of emphasis no. that weren't hit appropriately and everything right. but still I, the fact that that can happen is really incredible and they're starting you could tell that i think a lot of these i could be wrong on this but i think a lot of these media companies are starting to do this stuff on social media where they're just taking oh. you know they're not even they don't even have like they're not, you know, there was that old thing. You have know, people who are real social media experts out there doing this well, and then some companies you can tell just assign it to just the guy in the hallway, uh, just to tweet right. something. <laughs> I don't even think they're doing that anymore. I think they're just just assigning it to uh, AI, and it's just churning out stuff after learning, essentially reading the article. It's just churning out yeah. something they think would work as a tweet. I mean, it's really incredible. I believe that Kamala Harris is AI. I think at least she's just everything written for her is AI. Nobody will work for her in an office. So somewhere in the corner, there's like, oh, no, she's going to talk to me again. <laughs> and she's going to ask me for a speech here. Say this. And she's just saying she has an older version because it's an insult to AI to mm. say that a current version is is writing her material well i think both our um, president and our vice president need a reboot i just feel like you know they're falling over on bicycles they're just calling out the name of the person interviewing them as the emotion they're talking about we really do need mm -hmm. there might be a virus of sorts uh, we need norton to step in yeah um i think biden does well can we start with larry summers because yesterday i i heard joe biden on the beach which was great to see him on the beach he's now taken more vacation than any other president for this amount of time in the oval office which i just think he needs sleep take more he should never um, come into the office i'm fine with that amen brother although strangely i think everything would still continue to work as well as it is mm -hmm. um but uh, he was out and he said, look, I just talked to Larry Summers today and, and, and Larry was telling me, I mean, this this uh, this, you know, uh, the idea that we're in a recession is just it's nonsense. Really? Because here's Larry Summers two days ago. My best guess is that a recession is ahead. I base that on the fact that we haven't had a situation like the present with Inflation above four and unemployment below four without a recession following within a year or two. And so I think the likelihood is that in order to do what's necessary, 
Oh, thank goodness to he's stop drinking inflation, water. Sounded painful. The Fed is going to raise interest rates enough that the economy will slip into recession. And I think mm. that that view, which was not a common view a couple months ago, yeah. is now the view of a number of statistical models and the view of a range of uh, forecasters. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. So we got it. Recession. Here is Joe Biden yesterday. Not the majority of them are saying that. Come on, don't make things up, okay? Now you sound like a Republican politician. I'm joking. That's a joke. But all kidding aside. No, I don't think it is. I was uh, talking to Larry Summers this morning. And uh, there's nothing inevitable about this session. Hmm. Nothing about a recession. Talking to Larry. Hmm. Maybe he doesn't remember Larry's conversation. That's a possibility because Larry's quite clear on that. I, what is it going to take for him to go, hey, yeah, things are bad. Things are bad. I don't know. It seems to be the 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 opposite of what his strategy is. I mean, he has said over and over. I mean, they were saying Afghanistan was a wild success. Glenn. I don't think there's any way to get more blind and obvious uh, that you're you're just lying to people than that. I mean, it, the, everyone understood this that it was a total failure, and they went out in front of the American people and said it was a, it was a. There's no way to look at it other than an unquestioned success. That was uh, what Jen Psaki actually said. So I, I I think that this is their strategy. Their their strategy is that the media and uh and and everyone that that all the influencers and all the celebrities and all the politicians if you just keep saying things are good they will repeat it and eventually people will understand what you want them to understand i I don't think that's how america works but that is how the biden administration believes it works doesn't the media have a lower approval rating than congress they're right around the same honestly Mm -hmm. and I, i i mean this sincerely I think termites beat Congress in affection polls. I think people are like, I don't know, termites, they're destroying my house. But I mean, at least I can get out of my house and, uh, you know, my life will go on. I Yeah, I like termites better than I like members of Congress. Uh, how does the the press think they're going to get out of this? You know what I mean? As a business person, you when you're this unpopular and your ratings are going this low, wouldn't you think that someone in the room would go, hey, guys, should should we rethink things here? Uh, because I feel like the passengers in third class and second class are already dead and they've all they've all drowned. Uh, maybe we should put the cognac down just for a minute. Think this one through. But it doesn't. There, there's no motion. How do these people think this is going to end for them? <laughs> oh, boy, don't. End. No, no, no. I was because I was thinking about it myself and maybe we were all thinking the same thing and it wasn't a good thing. So I apologize for making you think that thing right there. OK, our sponsor this half hour is uh, my pillow with Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell uh, is the guy who came up with my pillow. And uh, when you sleep on a my pillow, if you have the right size, I found this out. I have the large size, the small size I didn't like, but I'm a large man. 
very large man. Anyway, uh, and uh, I was putting my head down on this wee little pillow, and I didn't like it. Mike said, you got to try the other one. It's the bigger one. It's the king size. So I have the king size, and I love it. I really love it. For a limited time, Mike is offering a flash sale on his My Pillows with prices as low as 1988 with a promo code back. Uh, these prices are not anywhere close to 1988. You can get these pillows, and they have a, um, I think it's a 30-day money-back guarantee. So you, if you don't love it, you can return it, no questions asked. You can get them for other people. Now might be a good time to buy things for Christmas. I mean, things are in stock and not as expensive as they will be soon. Um, MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials. You're going to find an amazing offer there. Just uh, use the promo code back at MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Or call 800-966-3117. Get the specials now. MyPillow.com. The Glenn Back Program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Stu, I want to help. I want your help on uh, a story here uh, because I just think it is riddled with so many things that are confusing. Uh, I don't know up from down. Uh, Here's the headline from Science Alert. A secret polar bear population has been found in an impossible location. Mm. Now, my first thought is right. And. Who made this? I mean, is this a secret team of polar bears or was it that just you just found it recently discovered? Not really a secret polar bear population, right? I mean, were they trying to keep it away from humans? Is this a CIA project? What what is this secret? Do they have missions that they have to go on? I don't know, but they're in an impossible location. Now, I would think an impossible location to find a polar bear would be space. Impossible. Um, Even in, you know, parts of Alaska where there's no ice, maybe it was on an ice shelf and it just dissolved as it got down to the sunny beaches of Malibu. Not impossible. Unlikely. A secret population of polar bears in Greenland has been discovered in a seemingly impossible habitat. One that, for most of the year, lacks floating ice platforms of sea ice, which the beasts, how dare them, used to hunt. The unusual group, which scientists previously thought was part of another nearby population, has been hiding in plain sight for hundreds of years. They're not, they're not, they haven't been hiding from you, scientists. <laughs> I, I don't know if you know this. They, they don't know you're looking for them, so they're not hiding. Um... The bears live on steep slopes around fjords, long and narrow coastal inlets where glaciers meet the ocean and hunt on the patchwork of uh, glacial ice that breaks up in these inlets. The new discovery suggests that some polar bears at least may be able to adapt to the sea ice disappearing as climate change worsens. Wow. Mm. So they may be able to adapt in secret uh, now, here's the uh, 
here's the kicker to the story. Although the study does provide a glimmer of hope from, for some polar bears, the researchers insist that this doesn't make climate change any less of a threat to polar bears. Loss of Arctic sea is still the primary threat to all polar bears. I assume even the secret ones that don't seem to need the sea ice. But maybe I don't understand this story.